What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Big Baby Steve. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Philip Talks. Hey, guys. So, this weekend was a pretty good weekend for uh, sports in general. Like, there were some really good events that happened this weekend. You know, but the first thing I want to talk about... Well, let's get let's, let's get let's, let's get the heavyweight title out the, out the way. Deontay Wilder going against Ortiz, the rematch. Oh my god! Like, if you guys didn't watch that fight, the right hand that Deontay Wilder threw, oh, like that was a big right hand. Like the way Ortiz fell. And was just rocked and couldn't get back up. The power that Deontay Wilder has is unbelievable. Like, this dude is too big and too strong. And the crazy part, he's in his prime. Like, he really is in his prime. Like, it's the power of this man. Like, seventh round, the whole fight, you can see him just trying to land that right punch. Just trying to land it. Trying to land it. And finally, in the seventh round, just threw it right down the pipe. And it looked like Ortiz... Like try to block it, but it looks like it looked like Deontay got the right hand right in between the gloves. Boom! Cracking. I think he hit him in the forehead. I was gonna say the nose, but I think the forehead. I think the way because the way that Ortiz tried to get back up, you can tell like there's a difference between being rocked and being off balance. And I think Wilder rocked him, but I think he knocked his equilibrium off. And the only way to do that is to rag to to rattle the brain within the skull. That's the only way you can knock somebody's uh, balance off, equilibrium off. And that's exactly what he did. Because Ortiz got up, but he just was not balanced. And it would have been too dangerous. And I think the ref knew it would have been too dangerous for him to let Ortiz fight. Because Wilder would have literally went back out there and just started doing bombs. I'm talking about he would start doing hooks, overhands, straights. Like, there would not have been a jab. If Ortiz would have got up and the ref would have said, all right, you're good, number one, I would have been like, ref, yeah, really playing with these guys because, you know, on a side note, Wilder really knocked out Fury in their fight with the same right hand. He knocked him out. Boom. Clear as day, you sleep. And they still let Fury get back up even though he was out of it. He was down for more than 10 seconds. Like, he was knocked out. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was, like, people were like, oh, he... Like, Wilder knocked out Fury. I mean, knocked down Fury. But in reality, he knocked out Fury. That's what he did. And for the ref, like for that ref to let him get back up and let Fury continue to fight was bananas. Even though Fury got up, but he just didn't make the 10 count. Like, that doesn't make any sense. But Ortiz, the way he was getting up, you can tell he was off balance. The equilibrium was... Sorry about that, guys. I'm recording on uh, on my phone, so someone called and it kind of interrupted the, the podcast recording. But like I was saying, Ortiz, getting back to what I was saying, Ortiz getting up after getting knocked down by Wilder the way that he did, I'm glad the referee stopped it because I literally, like if, if Ortiz gets up and the ref says, go ahead, that's a problem because now, now you, you're putting Ortiz in a position where he now has to go into defensive mode and hopefully he survived this round. But you know he's not going to survive because Wilder isn't that type of guy that's going to let you survive. Like, Wilder was not going to go out to Ortiz 
after he got up and was going to throw jabs. Like, Wilder was going to throw overhands, uppercuts, hooks, straights, like, and not even, like, good fundamental techniques of punches. Like, he was just going to go wild on him. He's like, here's power. I'm going to hit you with all this power into you. And then maybe, maybe Ortiz could have, you know, could have survived. But there's a, there's a difference when you're getting hit with power, power, power. And then one finally just connects from where you, where you didn't see it coming from. And that would have put him down. And I think that's what would have happened. Like, I truly think Wilder would have hit him with another hard one that would have knocked, knocked out Ortiz and put him down like a bag of bricks. Like, which you don't want. You know what I mean? Like, these guys really do fight for a living to make money. You know, in the last couple of months, it's been like two deaths in boxing. So, like, I'm glad the referee was like, no, you're really hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because we've seen some referees who who have let people who look way more hurt than Ortiz did continue to fight. And I know, like, you guys are like, oh, yeah, like, why didn't he let that happen? Well, because usually those are the same fights that you and everyone in the room are screaming at the TV two minutes later saying, stop the fight. Stop the fight. This guy is done. He's taking too much punishment. There's a difference between taking punches and taking punishment and Ortiz was saved by the ref from taking punishment he took a punch and got knocked down if the ref lets him continue he would have literally took punishment and that would have when you're messing with power like Deontay Wilder's power that's when you really start doing damage to the brain that's when you really start to rattle the brain around the skull like an egg and you don't want that you know what I'm saying we don't want to see somebody be put in a coma or worse die or something like that because because why because the ref was like oh no you, you got up so it's cool no i'm glad the ref did this thing i'm glad the ref decided like hey you're good you know what i'm saying good fight you made it to the seventh round good fight it's not worth it you know what i'm saying because yeah damn Deontay wilder just does not his power is just ludicrous like ludicrous like, how many other heavyweights do you know can carry that power for 12 rounds? You know what I'm saying? Like, usually by the sixth round, they're done. If a heavyweight doesn't knock out his opponent by the sixth round, it's literally a clinch fest. They just grab each other, throw little pop shots within the clinch, let the ref break up. They step back. They take huge amount of breaths to get the air back. And they just stand literally just circling the whole fight by the sixth round. Deontay Wilder in the seventh still had power. Deontay Wilder in the Tyson Fury fight still had power in the 12th. Like, that's why I say he's in his prime. And I think that's why he really wants to fight Anthony Joshua. He wants to fight Fury again. Like, you, like these are the money fights. Like, if you're going to... A lot of people think, like, oh, like, when you get these money fights, it's, you should do it at any point of your career, whenever it comes your way. No, that's not correct. You should only take your money fights during the prime of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, Deontay Wilder's in his prime. He knows for a fact that he can beat Tyson Fury. In his head, he knows for a fact he could beat Anthony Joshua. You know what I'm saying? In his head, he knows he could beat Ruiz. Like, he knows this, and he's trying to get those money fights now while he knows he can beat them. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like how Floyd used to do when Floyd didn't want to fight Pacquiao, and he said because Pacquiao was on steroids and all these other PEDs and all that, but in reality, you just knew that 
Floyd was just waiting for Pacquiao to get out of his prime. Because I truly feel like Pacquiao would beat Floyd if they were both in their prime. For a fact. Know that. Like, when Pacquiao and Floyd fought, that was not Pacquiao or Floyd at their prime. For a fact, that that was not. So, for Deontay Wilder, I don't blame him for wanting to be, you know, keep calling out these guys. I would like to see the Fury fight again. I think, because honestly, again, Wilder won that fight. He beat Fury. I don't know what the ref was doing for that fight, but he clearly beat Fury. I wouldn't mind watching a rematch, let him get his win, that he, you know, his second win. Um, and then Anthony Joshua, I, don't, I just don't think Anthony Joshua, I don't, I don't think that fight's going to happen, especially now. Like, now that you, like, you got knocked out by Ruiz, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if you can't, like, look, because the rumor is he came in hurt. That's the rumor. The rumor is that he came in hurt to that fight with the Ruiz fight. My thing is, Ruiz still knocked you out, right? Ruiz does not have nearly the power that Deontay Wilder has. So all you did was show Deontay Wilder, oh, you can definitely knock me out. Because Deontay, even if you are not hurt, if you're hurt, if he connects cleanly, he's putting you asleep for a fact. He's proven that even if he doesn't connect cleanly, cleanly, he's putting you down. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't think I think Joshua wants that fight. I think he's going to go to Ruiz. I hope Ruiz wins again. You know what I mean? Nothing against Anthony Joshua. But it's just, it like, watching Ruiz fight for the first time, was against Anthony Joshua. I didn't know who he was. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, I knew that he was going to be the next heavyweight champion. No, I didn't. I didn't know he was going to be the next heavyweight champion. It was literally like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, he's going to get beat up. He looked, you know, he looked pudgy and whatever. And then Ruiz just comes out of nowhere with these beautiful combinations and then just starts hitting Anthony Joshua. And, the, like, his combinations were just so fluid that it's, you, like, you're just like, damn, that's a nice... That's a nice combo. Oh, damn, that's a nice punch. Oh, damn. You know, then Ruiz gets knocked down. Then Ruiz gets back up. Then he knocks down Anthony Joshua. Really good fight. I think I'm a huge fan of Ruiz. Um, but on to some other news. Uh, Bellator was also this weekend. And the main event of that was MVP going against, and I, don't, I really don't mean any disrespect when I say this. I just don't know the guy's name. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't, don't know the guy's name. You know? And if you don't know who MVP is, uh, he's basically... Bellator is an MMA promotion. So, MVP's like they're one of their cash cows. Like, the guy that they're trying to build up to be the next star. You know what I'm saying? Try to get to see if he can get into that level of, like, the Conor McGregor's, John Jones. You know, I don't think... Bellator has ever had one of those fighters that have been able to break through um, through the atmosphere in a way, you know, if you know what I mean. Like Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, John Jones, these are people that broke through and you were like, oh, that's a superstar. You know what I'm saying? That's a superstar. They haven't had someone like that. The closest one they've had so far was Kimbo Slice. That was the closest person they had as a star star where they were like, you could be like, who's that? 
And people who weren't even MMA fans were like, oh yeah, that's Kimbo Slice. You know what I'm saying? That was their that was their biggest um, star, I would think. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I like I, I wouldn't even put I wouldn't put Tito in there. Tito Ortiz, I wouldn't put him in that in that mixture, even though he has a you know he's a star in himself. I wouldn't put him in that you know breaking through the glass ceiling. Um, who else? I think that was mostly it. You know, Ryan Bader, like again, good fighter, but he's not breaking any records. Um, they had Fedor, Fedor for a minute, but then Fedor uh, didn't live up to the hype either. So yeah, Fedor can just kept getting knocked out. Um, so. They never had, yeah. Like they, I'm, I, I'm actually thinking about it. Right, they've never had anyone to break that. So I think MVP is that 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 young kid who they're hoping, who has the charisma. He has great charisma, and he's an entertainer. Uh, I just don't think he's at that level just yet because he fought Douglas Lima, uh, who was the middleweight champ, who is still the middleweight champ, and Douglas Lima knocked him out, like clean. And you know it's bad when you go from fighting um, I don't want to be disrespectful but like fighting trash cans like cans like people you know you can crush to then fighting Douglas Lima who's a champ Douglas Lima knocks you out clean like knocks you out clean and then you go back to fighting cans like you can't can't really do that you know what I'm saying because then Douglas Lima really just called him out right out on Twitter and was like hey Whenever you're done fighting these nobodies, come see me. If you want a real fight, come see me again. And it's like, oh, MVP, you better, you better, hey, Lima knocked you out, but he still wants some more. And it's, let's be honest, it's because Lima knows that if he fights MVP again, he's going to get a nice check in the mail. Like, it's that simple. Like, Lima has no reason to fight MVP again. No reason other than he knows that he's going to get paid bank to fight him. And why would you not want to get paid bank to fight somebody who you already put out? You know what I'm saying? So that happened also on Bellator. And now we're getting down to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, surprisingly, uh, did not see this one coming. Jordan Matthews literally got released by the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles only after two weeks of signing with them. Like, what? Like, I don't know. That's crazy. I feel so bad for it. Like, they literally signed you for two games. They signed you for the Patriots game, and they signed you for the Seahawks game. But I'm pretty sure that's not the only thing they signed you for. I'm pretty sure they signed, they gave you a year contract. Only to release you two weeks later. And a lot of people are like, well, why did they release them? Well, come to find out that Jackson and Jeffrey should be good for this week's game against Miami. They should be coming back. So you add in that, you add in Ertz, you add in Goddard, uh, you add in Mac Hollins, you know what I'm saying? Like, you add, add in um, Aguilar. You, you basically don't need Jordan Matthews anymore. 
You know what I'm saying? I think they got Jordan Matthews because they thought Jordan Matthews was going to be, um, let's say, uh, a deep threat until Jackson came back. But in the two games that they played, the Seahawks and the Patriots, he was not a threat whatsoever. Not not just just not just not a deep threat, but just a threat. He just was not a threat. So I'm surprised, but not surprised. Um, yeah, because I was watching the Seahawks game, and we really need our offense. Like everyone, literally, they like. There's no reason why we couldn't have beaten the Seahawks. Like, our defense was doing everything they were supposed to. They were getting us back the ball multiple times. Like, it's like it was so disappointing for our defense to come up because so many people were like, oh, our defense sucks, this, that, and the third. And here we are coming up with turnovers and takeaways. And literally, the Seahawks were giving us the game. Literally giving us the game. And that's what, that's what I, I knew, like, we're not that good of a team this year and I know like again people are like well you don't have Jeffries or Jackson and I understand that but when you look at someone a team like the Patriots the Patriots don't have anybody deep like all they have all they have is Amendola you know what I'm saying like they don't have anybody to go deep you know what I'm saying like the closest thing they had was Antonio Brown and then he got released after his uh, his case came up and all that like literally you had Nobody and the, and, and the the Patriots still find a way to win, like that. Like that is what makes them so impressive is that they like they literally are in the same situation that the Eagles are in. They have a good defense, they have a good quarterback, but they don't. They just have maybe one receiver, and that's kind of like what we have. Arch is our receiver for right now, while Jackson and Jeffries and Aguilar are out. Like Arch is that one guy who. You can use cross routes. You can go straight down the line, deep end. So for the Patriots to be able to figure it out and for the Eagles not to, it hurts me. But, like, it definitely goes like that's the standard that we need. That even when we don't have the best team, we still find a way to win. I mean, I can't, like, literally the Seahawks were giving us the game. They were like, here, guys. Here, take take the game. Nothing. They couldn't get nothing. And there was a, you know, a lot of people were going to say like, once threw that ball to uh, to Miles Sanders and uh, he overthrew him and all that. But you got to remember, it was windy out there. Not that I'm like blaming the wind for anything, but like, it was windy. You know what I mean? Like, some throws that you usually don't throw power in, where you just kind of like lop it up to your your receiver who's wide open. If if the wind isn't in your favor, that can just over that could be like an overthrown pass, and I think that's what happened because then also you saw uh, Russell Wilson do the same thing when he threw the ball into the end zone uh, to his tight end, and he overthrew him too. So they, the Eagles, I'm hoping like. If we lose to the Miami Dolphins this week, it's going to, like, what? That, that can't be it. Like, we can't lose to the Dolphins. If we lose to the Dolphins, you know, we should just pack it up now. Week 14, loss to the Dolphins. Don't even play the last two weeks. Just be like, all right, we're done. You know what I'm saying? Because we, you can't come back to that. You can't come back from that. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, the Dolphins really are the worst team. If we lose to them, we can't come back. There's, there's no reason to come back. But I'm hoping Jackson's going to be back. Jeffrey's going to be back. I'm hoping the one thing I want to see is some deep balls thrown. That's the one thing we have not seen since week one. Deep balls. Just can't, go grab. Just go get those Jones. I'm hoping to get that. That's what I'm really hoping for. Oh, but also, before I even, I even, I was about to literally just end that off with the, the Eagles. Last night, I was watching the Rams and the Ravens. Oh, my goodness. The Ravens, 8-2, but they are killing it. Lamar Jackson is literally playing at his best. And you know what the crazy part is? The way he runs and all that, he reminds me of Carson Wentz. Back in the Super Bowl year that we won the Super Bowl in 2017. That's what he looks like. So a playmaker. But the one thing that's different um, than Carson Wentz and Lamar Jackson, it seems like Lamar Jackson will only go to get what he can get, and that's it. He won't try to force something. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's been a couple runs where he's done his little spin move and all that, which I don't think is a good idea. Um, But, like, when you see him go to the sidelines and get out, out of bounds... He literally is, he literally knows where he's at, gets out of bounds, and says, all right, let's go, let's do this again. Because he knows he can do it over and over again. The one thing that I'm not liking, though, is that they are now making plays for Lamar Jackson to run. Where his O-line, his receivers, his tight end, and his running backs all block, and he just runs with the ball. And I know some people are like, well, it's working. Yeah, it's working now. You know what I'm saying? Like, right now, it's genius right now, you know, oh, that's genius, let him run the ball, until he get hurt, until he gets hurt, and then, then it goes from, oh, that's genius, to, oh, that was so stupid of them, why would they make Lamar run the ball, and that's, and you know, it's true, because if you look back, who is Lamar Jackson's backup quarterback, it's RG3, Robert Griffin III, who was also a very good runner, I think, literally, if you would put the two best running quarterbacks, it'll have to be Michael Vick and RG3, I would think. You may Maybe you could throw in Cam Newton in there. Uh, but for a fact, I think those two are the best runners. And But the thing is, even being the best runners as quarterbacks, you still get hurt. You literally still get hurt. Like, at some point, you're going to get hurt. So, for the Ravens to have their backup quarterback... RG3, who know, knows that he got hurt during a running play. For you now to start making running plays for Lamar Jackson, hey, it works now until it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, the same thing happened to Carson once. They started doing play where Carson would just pretend like he's going to throw the ball, then he would just had he had no intention of throwing the ball. And he would just run. And he would run. And he would run. And he would run. And until finally he got hurt because he went for a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's genius until it's not. You know what I'm saying? So, I think Lamar really needs to stop running the ball as much because now defenses are going to start noticing that and they're going to want to put a hit on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, these safeties and these linebackers, if they get, like, they're going to like, oh, he keeps running the ball, but they got all these rules protecting the quarterback. Well, guess what? I'm going to hit him now. I'm going to hit him. I'm going to make sure... 
he gets up limping. You know what I'm saying? That's what, And that's the last thing you would want, especially if you're having a season the way you're having right now. I mean, by the fourth quarter, I got in. I literally got into the game for the Rams and Ravens last night. I got into the game in the fourth quarter. It was like literally 36 to 6, I think. And I said, damn, that's nasty. That's a whooping. You know what I'm saying? That's a real whooping. But, like, when I look at the plays that they were playing, like, Lamar literally does not need a run. I think he has good enough receivers where he can pass the ball. Um, but for some reason, they just want to keep running him, which makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I don't, He's a good runner. He really is. You know, if you're good at it, you know, do it. But, like, when it comes to quarterbacks, you know, I just – it just, like I said, it's reminding me of the Carson Wentz situation. They're doing so good, but I feel like if they keep doing it for the rest of the season, I truly think, because we're going to week 14. That's literally, so you got three more weeks before the playoffs and all that. The last thing you want to do is lose Lamar Jackson in the, before the playoffs. Because for a while, a silly run? Like, come on. He has, he has, he has enough receivers where he, he doesn't need a run. He's good enough in the backfield where he doesn't need to run. Like, he's a good pocket passer. You know, if he needs to get out the box a little bit and then throw it, do your thing. But the running plays have to, at some point, have to come to a stop. Like, he's going to get hurt. You know what I'm saying? If anything we've seen is that all the good runners that are quarterbacks always get hurt. Michael Vick, RG3, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz. You know, and the list goes on and on and on. If you just keep running the ball, you're going to get hurt sooner or later. You know? Well, that's just me. That's just me. But Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are definitely killing it. They they really are killing it. All right, guys. I just got to work. So that means the end of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Truly appreciate it. I'm off this Sunday, so I'm probably going to be watching the Miami game with the Eagles. You know what I'm saying? Most likely it's going to be East Coast Wings. They got some really cool. uh, It's a really cool spot up by um, Aramingo. And uh, what was that? Aramingo and... What's the... I can't remember the street that is. Uh, Caster. Up by Aramingo. Okay, you take Caster past Aramingo uh, in that little plaza... East Coast Wings. It's a really cool spot. That's probably where I'm going to go. Probably meet up with some homies to go watch it. So you guys want to come out and watch it with us? Come out. You know what I'm saying? Come out. Um, but just don't take my my spot, though. You know what I'm saying? Leave a table for me, at least. That's all I ask. But all right, guys. I'll talk to you guys. This has been another episode. I'm getting tongue-tied. Why am I getting tongue-tied here? Jesus. Let's try that again. All right, guys. This has been another episode of Philly Talks. I'm your host, Big Baby Steve. I'll check in with you guys next time. I've got one hell of a story. You're going to want to hear this one next episode. Everyone, have a good one. Deuces.